The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi, welcome to episode 35 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, and I've just seen probably the most egocentric <laughs> thing I've ever seen, which is KC playing air guitar to our theme. <laughs> how, are, how are things, KC? Quite good, yeah. Um, I, I really like our theme. <laughs> uh, credit for the theme goes to Don Benison, who did that at some point. I have no idea when. Combination of loving the theme and loving Kyle O'Reilly. For those of you that are interested, <laughs> and also being in a great mood after three games, nine points, and no goals conceded, it's, al- it's almost like we're good. Almost, you could you could <laughs> you could trick yourself into thinking that. <laughs> now nah, we've been we've been really. It's weird to say because I don't I don't think we we've hit as best in this run. <laughs> no, and certainly our best performance of the three games was. The toughest of the three games, you would say, as well. Um, as we'll come on to, I don't think there was a whole lot you could really take away from the Bristol City and Reading games. They weren't great performances, but you know, we still came away with the win both times. Yeah, well, first one of them, Bristol City, 2 0, Ruth and Hernandez. Uh, other than I really can't remember anything from the first half of that game, really. It wasn't great. Same with Reading game. Yeah, I think the. For me, this is this has been interesting, and the first time I've actually got to see a game. And yes, it, yeah, it's not last season when you came back; it all went to shit. And so far, that hasn't happened this time. Yeah, between my return and the Square Ball podcast, maybe we are both two negatives that have arrived at the same time to cause a positive. Or am I just overstating I my role? I think that in the their universe? return is a positive, your return is a negative in general. <laughs> it's just that enough people like the square ball that it's been counteracted. Um, but yeah, and I'd heard mention of, I heard you talk about the seats that that we have, and they are a great view in the East Stand Up for seeing, for actually being able to watch a game unfold. Whereas for me, it's been watching obviously TV feeds on a laptop. And I think one of the, the things I took away from the both the first half in both games was, uh, as, as quite a few people have said, Click and Forshaw just getting in each other's way, and we we I think we struggled with the midfield in the first half of both games. Um, we never really got anything going. There was very little fluidity, which is to be expected when you know you uh, for the Bristol City game we. Were, you know, Phillips was uh, moved into that defensive role, and we, can, we were just kind of juggling things around a bit. Yeah, well, yeah. it was an interesting game. Obviously, one of the things that I liked about the Bristol City game was it was very proactive management from Bielsa. When they got the red card, which I cannot believe Lee Johnson had the cheek to complain about. <laughs> it was the most blatant second yellow you'll ever see. It was only slightly more blatant than Ender Stevens's one that he didn't get. Yeah. But... um. Now, to make the changes, bring on it was Harrison and Saez on it for Apo Halm and Alioski. Yeah. And go a bit more attacking. Size made a great difference when he came on. It, it's been interesting because th- these these two games as well, as the, the tends to be, or there has tended to be during poor periods of the game, a chant for Saez. Yeah. Um, as, you know, especially at the start of the second half of the Bristol City game when he, he started warming up again. And he was, you know, just such a creative force when he came on. He was so... He just changed the game completely, just made us so much more fluid. We we opened their defence up a lot more easily, which, you know, you wouldn't have thought would be an issue going into the game with the form they were in. And, you know, we responded so quickly. Yeah, I mean, Roof had a couple of decent chances, didn't he? And obviously, Roof's goal, it was a bit of a miss hit from Hernandez, really, to go across the goal. Mm. But good, proper striker's goal to be in that position. And the second goal, it was pretty much identical to the goal we scored away at West Brom at the end. That little size lofted through ball into inside left, Hernandez header, far corner. 
it, it's as if they've got a good understanding of each other. Yeah. Something of a partnership, you might say. But although, although the first half weren't great, and I don't think we ever hit as best, I thought that we very much deserved the win. Uh, I had 2-2 two, two in this because I thought, I think we might struggle defensively with everyone out. But not a bit of it. I thought Huffer, he flapped at one early on. But outside of that, and he sliced a couple of kicks. But he didn't do anything wrong, really. He, he had a decent bonus, and I thought Arpo Helmer stood up with it. I thought he'd not really done anything wrong by the time he went off when we went more attacking. I mean, Will Huffer, he didn't have a whole lot to do. You, you know, I think the defence did a fairly good job of stopping anything that's coming forward, and the worst you could probably say about Halme was he, I think he had a couple of uh, unfortunate slips when bringing the ball down, but outside of that, there wasn't a whole. Oh lot. yeah, there was that one bit where he chested it down and slipped, one, and it could have been prob- a problem. But yeah, I'd forgot about that until then. But yeah, I had the two-two. You had two-nil. Yes. So you're opening up a bit of a lead, uh, and then we've already kind of talked about a bit of this game. Uh, one-nil win over Reading. Stuart Dallas with goal. Who now is the time to mention it? Since the debacle away at West Brom has been. Unbelievable amounts better. Mm. Like he's had three good games, not amazing games. He, he he still doesn't look like the answer. He's not like suddenly turned into Luke Ayling, but he has been miles better, and he deserves a lot of credit for bouncing back that well. Yeah, he's still he's still the player that's looking to get forward and join the attack, and uh, and you'd imagine in these two games especially that he would have been given more freedom to do that. Every now and again, he was caught three or four yards further forward than he should have been. But he he was getting forward. He was put you know putting crosses in, and yeah, like you say, it was very nice to see him. It's slightly odd still for me at this point seeing our right back in the six yard box, particularly when one in, particularly when that cross was put in by his left back. Yeah, but you know they very, do do that because the deepest midfielder stays back. Mm. And the centre back split, they can both afford to be forward. You Especially know, against Reading, who don't really attack. Do you know why the wing backs can do that? Because Calvin Phillips is fucking brilliant. That's yeah, why. I'll be honest, there's a bit in these notes that I was going to come on to after the Sheffield United game, but we'll just do it now. There's a bit in the notes that says over these three matches, Calvin Phillips has been unbelievable. <laughs> I... Right centre back. Left centre-back, played in a two and a three, and he's played CDM, and he's played really well in all of them, over three games. That is unbelievably good for, I was going to say a 22-year-old, but he turned 23 like yesterday, didn't he? Oh, yes, he was uh, retweeting, uh, whatever it is on Instagram. The, I literally was putting it on. He was putting it on his stories, all the well wishes he was getting from his mates, you know, Ronnie V in Italy, Romario Vieira, wherever he is now. You know, as far as I'm aware, unattached, and all the other academy lads he's played with, much uh, like you, KC, he's unattached. Yeah, still unattached. <laughs> um, I think I, I jokingly said to you, and I can't remember whether it was the Bristol City or the Reading game when I jokingly said to you, after all these managers and you know all this time with the club, all it took was to get one of the world's most renowned managers in to turn Calvin Phillips into a brilliant championship midfielder. I think he's. I think you could argue that he's slightly better than that at the minute, all, which is what's scary. <laughs> all jokes aside, we we went through, and I think we. I actually thought he'd made his debut a couple of years earlier than he had, but he has played under Bielsa is his ninth manager, and it, he it and might, like you said, he's just turned twenty three. Yeah, it might be nine. It might be more than that. We not. We didn't. When we had a thought, think about that, it was literally in a pub. We didn't even write him down. So. And you can you can imagine in that time because he joined. I'm sure Dalton will tell us. Yeah, <laughs> he because he joined the first team squad anyway when Hockaday took over. Sorry, the Hawk, which c- can't have been a good experience yeah. for I anyone. I say he definitely played before that, though, hadn't he? Uh, I don't think he had actually. I like no, said wh- when he played. He played. Phillips played back end of the season when he was number forty, didn't he? Because he scored in his debut against someone. I think that might have been under Redfern though. Oh, was that Redfern like, and like then Redfern again later? I think yeah. I, I think I got my timeline wrong because yeah. I think that would actually, strictly speaking, if he'd have played under Warnock or McDermott, that would have made him sixteen when he made his debut. Ah, right, yeah, it, yeah, it must have been the first. But yeah, in, in in his first season alone, it was Hockaday, Redfern, Milanich, Redfern, and then Rosler, then Evans. It, that's two seasons. He's had six different managers telling him to do different things, and a lot of them objectively bad managers 
you know, we had, we had the second half of last season with Hecky and Bottom, who had absolutely no discernible style of play. Uh, you know, I think it's good that there is a manager who's coming in and going, this is the way we play. There is no, and you know, credit to him. There is no other way. This is how we do it. This is how you are going to play. And he's doing it absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, it's weird because I wanted to do a there's no other way joke, but the next line is literally, all you've got to do is watch them play. And it's literally the opposite. <laughs> so it didn't really work. But yeah, uh, again, changes making a difference in Reading game. First half pretty shy. This time it was Clark and Saez for this time Baker and Alioski. Uh, we should probably mention Alioski's dive. We had about as one of the poor reviews you could have from the stand up because obviously we're wrong side, everything wrong, and we've got the natural bias of being Leeds fans. And we both straight away said, I think that would dive. <laughs> we half heartedly appealed and, and they went, <sighs> And then when we saw it back, I saw it back on Twitter after the game and just went, oh dear. Oh, it's horrendous. Um, Lewis Baker's solid 45 minutes of misplacing passes. Right, that's the first time Lewis Baker started a game since September 2017 when he were at Middlesbrough. Mm. Taking out the FA Cup game, because we've got drawn against QPR away in January. Spoilers. Apart from that, can you see him starting another game for Leeds United this season? Unless we get an injury crisis. No. I, d- I just don't see it. The, th- the thing is, I appreciate we, we, we're a bit short on defenders at the moment, but just going through centre midfield, is obviously Click and Forshaw are ahead of him. Saiz is ahead of him. Phillips, Shack- Phillips playing deep ahead is ahead of him, of him and I would definitely have Shackleton ahead of him at the minute. I mean, on, on my football manager save, I've got to the January transfer window, I've sent him back to Chelsea. Yeah, I must admit, on football manager, Izzy Brown also didn't get a look in for me, but apparently he's good on FM. And he apparently, well, actually, we'll come on to under 23 because you actually got to watch some of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, t- Dallas getting in was a good goal, but we should come on to the heroics at the end. I mean, Barry Douglas is Scottish. He knows when he owes someone a beer. Yeah. And he owes Bailey Peacock Farrell a couple of pints. <laughs> because, I mean, I think he said himself on Twitter and in an interview that it was a tired, stupid tackle yeah. to make. He knows it was a stupid tackle to make. And, but Peacock Farrell, great save. Because it wasn't a terrible penalty, that. No, it was good. For, hit hit pretty well. was on the ground. Yeah. And it was a great reaction from Peacock Farrell to be able to get down to that. Yeah, really big save. Apparently, I, some of that I didn't. I, I didn't even realise it until about a day later. But Sky gave Barry Douglas man at match. Yeah. Now he didn't. He, he did have a decent game, but that's a big mistake to make. So he was. Mm. He, he was. He put in that great cross from deep for Roof ahead of it got saved, and he was the key man probably in the build up for the goal. So he did. He did still have a good game, mm. but I thought that. Um, I thought that was generous. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, as you said, and, and in the Reading game, it was difficult as well because even the effect of Saez and Clark kind of tailed off towards the, yeah. the the back end of the well, second half. Well, I thought half. Clark looked absolutely knackered after about half an hour. Now, he did play the day before for under-23, so yeah. I'm not saying that he's got no... I don't think that his stamina has developed at the same rate as the rest of his game. Hmm. So I can understand why he's not throwing him in from the start because I think he probably, I think if he played him for an hour, he'd be bollocks at minute. Yeah, but I think by the end of the season that won't be true. Yeah, it'll, it'll y- get better and better with us. And especially two games in a row, he's now come on at half time and made a real difference. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out that, that I wanted to say with this game was I thought the last fact because Reading only really got going and had a go in the last sort of five minutes of this game. Mm. And I thought, in that last five minutes, I thought Liam Cooper was terrific. Oh, yeah. He went from having nothing to do to doing everything for about five minutes. Yeah, and like you say, um, given the the changes we'd had to the defence over the last few weeks, um, it was great just to see him be the leader that he is of that team. He was just he stood up, won every header, was making great tackles. I, he was just absolutely fantastic. It, it, the absolute best of Liam Cooper. Yeah, uh, we both had us winning this, but we both had one score. We were both in a lot more optimistic. Yeah. Um, we then come on to the, what we thought was the big one, and a game where I, you had us drawing and I had us getting beat. Yeah. 
we said hopefully if we're more negative we might get a nice surprise and it worked it really did 1-0 win at Sheffield United first win there since 1992 we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. Can we, can we just refer to this as the old first division? Yeah. <laughs> we're fine. We're going, to, we're going up as champions. Yeah. Uh, the this was a it was not game because on the, if you just look at the balance of play, I think a draw would have probably been fair. Mm. But the balance of play shouldn't have been the balance of play because they should have had two players sent off in the first half. Yeah. That that the. Tackle on click was absolutely horrific. That, that McGoldrick tackle on click was really bad. Obviously, Stephen's first yellow card, which was also on click when he just fell over and nearly ragged his shirt off his back. You can tell the yellow shirt's nice. Yeah. The amount of shirt pulls and the amount of <laughs> trying to get rid of it. Uh, but then the second one, I think it was Dallas, wasn't it? Got there and just cut inside from the wing, and Stephen just took him clean out. Yeah. It was a definite second yellow. But if, if only one of the two had got given, I could have lived with that. Mm but to not give either of them. I don't even think he gave a free kick for the McGoldrick tackle. It, it was a... No, he, he, he completely missed that. Um, the, the interesting thing was I thought the referee actually started out having a decent game and then just from the McGoldrick thing, it just tailed off. Yeah, it just fell to bits. Because you have the... I, I can't remember which defender it was that basically jumped to win a header and was going into Roof. Roof turns oh, yeah, to roof, not get headbutted. Which was about, what, a minute before the second Stevens tackle? Yeah. Like, I think the commentators were still on about, like, it takes a lot to get Don Goodman. Don Goodman was to coming be going, across fairly oh, I'll tell pro you what, leads, leads in this game. Leads are getting the rough end here. It, it was just a bizarre decision for Roof, someone to jump into Kemar Roof. Roof turned his shoulder so he's not getting hit head yeah, on basically ducked out of it yeah which was the sensible thing to do because the ball had already gone and and he somehow got booked for it it was maybe just a fr- I can get given a free kick it was maybe yeah it, I don't actually think it was one because he can do it it was more of a collision but if you give the free kick it's in enough in area it mm. doesn't really matter but to, to give a booking for that and then not book Stevens for the second one I thought was uh, I, I think the way I'd describe it is if it was at Ellen Road I think it had been a second yellow I think I'd, he, I'd like to think so. I think he chickened out of it because it was at home. Mm. Uh, there was also like three or four shirt pulling examples that could have been penalties. I think three of them for Leeds and one of them for Sheffield United as well. In fairness, yeah. But even though the, I mean, the Janssen one was really bad. Like he ne- that was like the click one with Stevens. He nearly took his shirt off, and he should have given that one. But at least for once, you, that was the only example of consistency in the entire game, but he didn't give any of them. Yeah. It was the only thing that he was consistent about, that referee. It was uh, Ollie Langford, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, poor game. Very poor game. Uh, and poor Liam Cooper. It, it, I didn't really see what seemed to trigger. It just seemed to be out of nowhere. He seemed to be walking and just... The way he went off at first made me think that it might be his ankle because he looked basically... The, weight, the amount of weight it could put down looked like me when I did mine. Mm. But it's his knee by the looks of it. He just the, the, seemed to get it on a replay of just... He, he's just moving and he just starts holding his knee and he goes to walk on it. Uh, I think... And I think he actually looks to go down at one point, then realises Sheffield United are one possession back. Mm. So he's back up again on his feet and trying to hobble to maintain the defensive line. And it didn't look nice. He, he seemed to be in a lot of discomfort coming off, and um, that was a blow, especially in a game like that where you know Halme had looked comfortable before that, but you know a local derby against two teams at the top end of the league is is a completely different proposition altogether than playing Bristol City at home with the form they were in. Yeah. Uh, as as of right now, when we're recording, we're recording it Tuesday. There is no news as to how long, but everyone is saying that they it's basically how far into next year. Mm. They're uh, not sure. Is I would be amazed if he's back before the FA Cup game against QPR. Uh, it's a horrible time of the season for it to happen as well. Now we're into December and. There's going to be fixtures coming thick and fast over the next few weeks. Um, it's a saving grace that Janssen's fit, fit again and playing. Yeah, we need him to have a run. 
where he doesn't get injured yeah. now. Uh, obviously, the Cooper thing looked nasty, but when someone gets in trouble, it gives someone an opportunity. I thought Apple Holm did well when he came on again. A couple of... Oh, God, I wanted that chance of his to go in. Oh. That would have been great. Because I... not only just because everyone likes it when a young lad comes in and scores, mm. but how much would that have helped his confidence going oh, forward yeah. if he just gets a goal in a big game? Because I mean, I'm uh, pretty sure it was in the second half. You saw him playing a couple of passes across the back line. When you, you're seeing how close to it the attacker is, you, and all you think is, <laughs> it's getting a bit close. Um, outside of that, though, again, solid, not afraid to uh, put a tackle in. I think he got a yellow card, didn't he? Yeah, he got one. He, uh, a long ball got played into Sharp, and he just kind of shouldered him in the middle of the spine. Yeah. <laughs> Which he'd have had to really duck into, because there's about eight <laughs> inches of difference between them two. But yeah, he, he looked comfortable again. It's not an ideal situation, but at least he's got a bit of game time in now. And You, you would imagine going forward, if it's a back four, he's probably going to go with Phillips and Janssen for now. But it's good to know that if... He wants to go for a back three. Halma can be relied on. Well, we'll come on to that now because I've got that for the uh, the QPR game at home. QPR? QPR game at home. QPR. Um, I have got Phillips and Janssen or Halma and Janssen. The, um, I think for the minute, especially if you're playing against teams that you think you're better than, which for the next couple of games we are, you've got, you've got to go Phillips and Janssen for them. I, I think so I, the unless, only... unless they're playing two up front if they're, if they're playing and we're going three at back then yeah play off play Hallips Hallips what the hell is wrong with me today can't speak <laughs> Hallips Hallips yeah that's that's the partnership Hallips. that's what we have when Janssen inevitably gets injured <laughs> in two games time um, yeah you, you would probably go for that as our strongest defensive unit but as as I kind of said to you, between the, the Bristol City and the Reading game, the, the midfield wasn't particularly impressive. Um, I I haven't been hugely impressed with Forshaw. This is the first time I've really got to see Forshaw play. And oh yeah, you didn't see much at back end of last season. No, I, I got to see him on TV a couple of times when he he looked one of the better players. And and to be fair, from what I'd seen, this you know the bits he'd played this season, he looked fine, but. To, to me, he he was just a very negative player in, in what is a very positive system. You see, for me, I think it depends a lot on the type of game. Like, the Bristol City and Reading game, I do think him and Click sort of got in each other's way a little bit. You could say they didn't click. Yeah, woo. <laughs> but I thought against Sheffield United, I thought Forshaw had a really good game. Yeah, I, I did I think he was improved for that. Because this was, you know, especially this first first time this season we've had less than 50% of the ball. And we stayed in when we needed to, and we defended properly. And I thought that for me, it's the first game where I've gone, yeah, don't bring Sayers on, it's fair enough. Yeah. I, I, it's it, the first time, and I would have started him, because I'll be honest, I would always start him. Mm. I'd start him no matter who we were playing. If we were playing Man City away, I'd yeah. start him. But I think that he got it right. I think that he knew with the way that their wide centre-backs step out and step into at least one of them steps out into midfield that we were going to need the more defensive bodies in there to deal with that yeah. and I think it, especially as their wingers took inside and I thought I thought Douglas did very well tracking inside and the one thing that Alioski did even though he didn't play well was he did cover the space well once Douglas had to go inside mm. he did nothing else well no he was he, well, he just he must be dropped this time surely I, I could be wrong I would guess that he is the first Leeds player to get subbed two half times in a row since Jake Livermore was on loan with us. Yeah. Because I cannot remember that happening in, in recent history. Yeah. Bielsa kind of gave him an out in the press, though, didn't he? He said uh, it's December 1st and he's played 30 games. Yeah, you know, I think he has So part always... of it might be that he's knackered. Oh, I've been saying as much. I think he's probably one of the ones who's played the most minutes. Um and I, I do think a, a game or two out of the team would probably do him good. Um, yeah, I I mean, I don't rate Harrison from what I've seen so far. Mm. I don't. But I'd sooner Harrison started than Alioski for the next game. I'd sooner Clark started than either of them. You, I mean, you could also look at 
and I know it's not his natural position, but I, I do feel you could maybe look at having Izzy Brown. Once he's back fit, maybe. Mm. I, uh, it, one of the things that was interesting for this, and uh, it was really interesting, not many managers pass off prayers like this, but uh, we owe a debt to Pablo Quiroga yeah. for this game. Because I noticed straight away when Ruth moved out to the right and Hernandez was playing like a false nine role in the middle. Yeah. And I thought it looked a bit... Because when they first did it, I thought, oh, they just got caught in possession and he covered for him. And then they just stayed that way. And we did improve within a couple of minutes. It really worked. I suppose it's... I mean, Roof has better pace and better work rate getting back. Mm. In the way that Alioski does down the left, Roof is better at that down the right than Hernandez is. Yeah. And when Hernandez got the ball into feet, even though he don't have the strength for hold-up play, his passing's a bit touch better and stuff. But it really worked, and I wouldn't have even for a second have thought to do that. No, and it, it, like you say, it's impressive that um, that Bielsa basically said they were they were discussing what their options were. And is it Kiroga? Yeah, Pablo Kiroga. Yeah, it was Kiroga who said we should swap them over, and he basically went, "Okay then." It shows. Well, mind you, but he takes them all everywhere. Don't mm. he? He's taken them all to all the clubs, so he obviously trusts them. But it was great to see, and then obviously the we make the changes. Clark comes up and again. Looked really good. Didn't look as knackered this time because he didn't play the day before. No, I, it was interesting. As we'll get on to but, with uh, the under twenty threes, but yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of key players missing from that game. Yeah. We, um, now it, the goal, which oh god, it was the first game this season that I've had to watch in the office. Mm. Last season I had to watch loads of them in the office. This this year I've been a lot better at being out. Get out the office one. You you know that it's in the middle of Leeds. Yeah, <laughs> it's all Leeds fans. The place went, the place went mental. Uh, but I actually put on our Twitter after about half an hour of that game. I know it's tough in the situation, but our pressing isn't there, mm. and that's why we're struggling so much to get into the game. And the goal eventually, because as we grew into the game, the pressing got better, everything got better, and obviously they take a shot throwing. It is a bad back pass from Egan, but mm. the reason he plays that bad back pass is because Hernandez is closing him down. Yeah. And then Henderson, it was, it was great to see him them have a keeper on loan from Scum and him fuck up like that. Yeah. Uh, Having said that, what I've seen of him, I think he's a really good keeper. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't... It, it was an interesting decision, especially at that point of the game. What was there, about 10 minutes yeah. left? You know, that that's one of those where you think you just, just launch yeah, it. I don't care who your manager is, I don't care what situation you're in, that was a rose-head job. Yeah. But even if you sli- even if you slice it out for a throw, it it's better than yeah. than he what that was. Tries to pass it out, but Clark shown good pit, good aggression to get in there. Good interception, better pass than he got credit for from a lot of places. Well, he had to because he had to get it over the keeper. He had to get it off yeah, the floor. He had but to not, lift it, not cross it essentially. And I've seen a lot of it going. It was an awkward bouncing ball, and taking it first time wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy, but it is Pablo Hernandez. Yeah, you know, if he'd have done anything other than pass that into the goal, I'd have been amazed. Yeah, but if it had been Becky, I'd have headed it. That's the sort of performance that we haven't really seen under Bielsa. No, the... well, we, we had his backs to the wall for a little bit, and we had to defend a bit and kind of be patient and stay in a game and hit when the opportunity was. And that game gives me way more confidence for the rest of the season than the likes of Norwich away did. Yeah. Because that makes me think, oh, we can do it if if we needed, can dig in. If we need to, we can go in there with, you know, players who at the start of the season weren't thought to be even going to get a look in mm. with injuries. Going in there with Apple Halmer, who we all thought was a, didn't really exist for the longest time, yeah. and he looks completely there and completely at, not at ease. He's not that good yet, but. He don't look out of place in championship. No, um, like you say, he he stood up well, and especially when you're coming up against someone like Billy Sharp, who, you know, obviously oh, there's a size difference. But uh, you know, I, as, I didn't mention it, but did you notice how Sharp immediately just moved across and went at Halmer every time after mm, that? Yeah, and and you know he is one of the most experienced strikers you'll find at this level. He will always score goals. Um, you know, so it says a lot for his performance that it just it just didn't happen. There was, you know, I think the scariest occasions were 
Peacock Farrell didn't really deal with a couple of crosses too well, but yeah, he, he, was, he did also make some very good yeah, saves. He made some good saves. To be honest, he did everything well except for deal with crosses. Mm. The thing is, they put in so many crosses that it was very noticeable. And it was one of the like, things, he needs to be stronger than that. It was one of the things that Sky actually pointed out before the game, um, that they score a lot from crosses. Mm. And not to turn this into a who scored section, but they are also apparently weak from crosses. Which was odd just to have that. It was just a very odd thing to see. Yeah. On a on a slightly on an unrelated note, I was watching the FA Cup highlights the other night. Did, did, have you seen any FA Cup highlights? I haven't seen any of them, I don't think. I don't think I've seen a single minute. In Barnsley's game, it finished I believe it finished four two and five of the goals came from corners. Wow. It was just every time there was a cut, it was a corner. God, it was like playing this year's football manager. Oh. Uh. a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was sort of after this There's obviously been loads of talk about Clark, and uh, we've talked about him a load. But after the Reading game, uh, you know, a lot of people were pointing out how knackered he looked. And perennial, no, I'm not very good at doing Twitter sometimes, man, Ian Hart piped up <laughs> as his agent. Has, has he been the whining, going, at the wine again? Basically going, oh, what's everyone doing saying he looked knackered? I don't they know he played 45 minutes for the under-23s the day before. Saying a player looked tired isn't an insult. He did. I, I mean, Ian Hart's lucky that he's like a legend. Mm. Because he is weird on Twitter. Like that, with Roof. He's not even Roof's agent, is it? No. And he's there banging on about how Roof needs a new contract while he knows, because it's been reported, that the club are in the middle of talks over a new contract with him. Yeah. It's a very weird thing to do. But he's there going, oh, it, there was a thing that he said in it, and I've seen a few fans do it as well, and it's something I just don't get. I don't think it's ever out of badness. I just think it's weird. He said, oh, well, you know, Bielsa's Biel- playing Clark as much as he sees fit. Who are the fans to question Bielsa? Right. Else is brilliant and I always trust him. That doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. That doesn't mean if when he picked Lewis Baker instead of Saez, I thought, what, what the hell is he doing for picking that? No, that that's, because that's I trust enough. him, I don't get mad. Mm. I go, oh, well, he's picked him, that's fair enough. But I we don't we don't know that if he's had a brilliant week in, in training yeah. or if he's just wanting to rest someone, but but with us not knowing that information, no, we do have to look and like you say. A guy who hasn't started a game since what September it's 2017. Been 14 months. Yeah. It seems odd that out of the blue, he was the one that came in when, after the Bristol City game, we were thinking, all right, size has got to start <laughs> this one. It's, it, it's, I say, it's an odd thing. I don't get the, well, if you trust a manager, then you just don't have an opinion, you just go with his decisions. That's not what trust is. Trust means, okay, we'll go with it. And this is the thing, like, you imagine it's. With the way he he set up with his assistants, you know, I would be worried if Bielsa says, "Okay, this is what we're going to do," and they all sit there and go, "Okay, boss, that sounds great." Like that sounds like what I imagine Jose Mourinho has. Yeah, you know, I I imagine they are also there to go. Well, what if we do this? This might be more effective, or you know, for, for me and I think yourself as well after the Bristol City game. We looked at that Reading team and just thought, Saez came on and changed the game. They are a team that are not playing well. This is the game to start him in, mm. where we can get at them from the. And I still think now he should have started that the Reading game. I think he, you know, I think he made the perfect decision not starting him in Sheffield United. But you know, I, I don't know. We're not going to get anywhere if we all just sit around and go, okay, we we just agree to all of this. Like, yeah, it's don't. It's just a, it's just like a strange say, thing, and it was for him in his position to be saying it. Like he's, but he was basically defending Jack Clark from a load of people who right now are fucking worshiping him. Yeah, we're all he did it. we're all on his side. <laughs> <laughs> We've all wanted him in the team. I mean, like God, we were banging on about him all the last season, and it wasn't just us. Yeah, like. Everyone that watched the under-23s were going, this lad, he's really good. (laughs) (laughs) So it just seems a weird thing for him to get defensive about. Yeah. But, you know, I suppose, after hard borders, we can't really... (laughs) 
uh, for a long time now that you know until Brexit is finally dealt with. Hardboard as heart is going to be in my head for a long time mm. after after the, one of the most bizarre rants he went on, but yeah, which, which did spawn El Gigante Tom Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, since uh, since the last podcast, oh um, yeah, you are now thirteen points clear. In the predictions, as we all know, it doesn't matter. We'll wait. We'll wait till the t- the summer rolls around. <laughs> yeah. There hasn't really been any proper news. Uh, Pavel Kabitsky's back. Anyway, <laughs> in January, it sounds like he's off to the MLS. Do you think there is any hope of seeing him in a lead shirt again, outside of maybe an under twenty three game? He's probably not allowed to play in one of them until January first. Yeah, because although the season's over, mm. I assume that because of where transfer windows work, it's actually January the first that is officially back. He'll just be training. Yeah, um, I can't see it clearly. Bielsa didn't see much value in him before. Uh, which podcast? I think it was on last week's uh, the Inside Ellen Road one with Phil Hayne, Joe Urquhart. Mm. Apparently, Kabitsky did have the opportunity to not go out on loan if he chose to. Mm. He he said that. Uh, they were saying that apparently it was one of them where it was up to him. He can. It, they did. Bielsa did see enough in him to say you can stay and fight for your place if you want. Yeah, but I don't think it was likely. He's and not. He's not at a bad. He's not at a bad time there. Apparently, on that he's either. done okay. He's got. He scored two or three and played all right. But. Mm. Um, but the only real news outside of Kabitsky has just been two under twenty three games. Uh, the Sheffield United, Sheffield United away one three one. It wasn't on. None of us saw it. It wasn't on the app. So none of us got to watch it except for the Danes and the Norwegians who came over. <laughs> who all fair play to them because there was games. Sat- they always come over when we've got two home games Saturday, Tuesday. This was on the Monday, so they went to that as well. It was at uh, Stocksbridge where they, I believe, have the Jamie Vardy stand. Yes, it's also nowhere near Sheffield. Is Stocksbridge? That's a fair way. Is it? I have no yeah. idea. Like. Uh, it seems far enough away to like. I don't know why you wouldn't just do it at your training ground if you're not going to do it at Bramall Lane. But uh, that's by the by. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, two goals for Tyler Roberts. I still haven't seen the goals. I don't even know if they've put them up. Uh, but apparently, the second, first one was a penalty, which Twitter had some fun with. Leeds getting a penalty. <laughs> but apparently, second one's a really good goal, and uh, Kuntaminushkov getting another scratchy, who appears to have forced his way properly into the under twenty threes. Good, you know, clearly he had a very good season last year with the 18s and, yeah. and made a few appearances in the 23s. Because Ryan Edmondson's been on the bench. I know he got an injury and dropped out of the side because of that. But before that injury, he got six goals in three games. I mean, if, you, if you look this season, the players we'll have used as, as strikers in the under-23s, Roof's had a game in there. You've got Edmondson, you've got Bamford Stevens, Bamford, you've got um, Tyler Roberts has been playing regularly for them. Mm. You Edmondson know. and Dolby have both played. Clark has always been on wing, I think. I yeah. don't think he's played a central strike again. But. Sorry, it was Dolby. I said Stevens. I meant Dolby. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've kind of had a rotation of, of players. Bamford was back in the 23s for the Newcastle game. Yeah, the other game, we'll say now, it was in the Cup. Uh, we got beat 2-0. It sounded like we actually played quite well. It was it was interesting. Newcastle... Because I didn't see any of this, by the way. So. Newcastle sat very deep. This is, the, this is actually the first full under-23s game I've watched. And Newcastle set up fairly solid, to, you know, very much two banks of four when they were defending. Uh, gave Leeds very little space going forward. And Izzy Brown, uh, who played, he got about eighty minutes, and Bamford yeah. got forty-five. That's the only thing that I know. Yeah, um, Izzy Brown again as the game wore on, Leeds, especially the second half, Leeds started to create more and more chances. We but we never really worked the goalkeeper. Um, Temenoshkov was making a few good runs but we just our final ball just wasn't there but with the injuries we've had and the players involved there was obviously no Clark in that game no Halmer um, which I think for a cup game when you're playing against Newcastle Who actually ended up playing centre-back can you remember? Will it have been Stroik oh, and we, I think we went with the back did we go with the back three? I'm trying to remember yeah. now um, I'm just trying to remember the team but I know Nysel was in the Stroy. I like Callum Nysel. From what I've seen of him, I do like him. Um, yeah, he he had quite a good game. Um, was Leif Davis on the left again, I think. Yeah, Davis has played left-back and centre-back at times. Yeah, and then towards the end, I, I know um, we ended up with pretty much all the strikers on the field by the end. Yeah. But yeah, the, the goal, they had one goal disallowed, 
for offside a solid 10 seconds after they'd score it, scored it. Oh, yeah. Um, just one of those bizarre things of someone who was clearly offside when you watched it, the linesman just didn't give the decision. Then, not even just when he went for the ball, they'd scored, gave it a few seconds, then then flagged for offside. Miazik struggled a little bit. Yeah, it was it, not his best game. But and then to be honest, like they just exploited the space in the last five minutes. I think when they got their second. Yeah, I've just managed to get it up. Uh, strike. Uh, Oliver Casey and Hugo Diaz all played. So yeah. Who? Oh, who? There's a. I'm trying to remember his name now. Dane Burles played D- in that Dane game. Dane Burles. Yeah. Um, looked all right as well. Well, uh, I said there really wasn't much in terms of away from football news. Yeah. Normally there's a lot more than that, but everything seemed perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Um, There'll be something massive that I've forgotten happened, won't there? But yeah. Probably there'll be something tomorrow anyway. Yeah, that's more likely. <laughs> so uh, this Saturday, QPR at home. Yeah. They're 11th, 28 points from 20. It's weird that they're 11th because they're 15th in the home table and 14th in the away table. <laughs> <laughs> it just always sounds weird. Logic. <laughs> uh, last five games, they've only had one win. Lost 1-0 at Blackburn, 3-2 win over Brentford, who've been in free fall since they lost the manager. 2-2 mm. at Stoke, 2-2 at Rotherham, and lost 3-2 at home to Hull. A weekend, Jared Bowen got two and set the other one up, so it sounded like he had a good game. Yeah. Uh, they had an awful start. They were bottom. Of, they thought Steve McLaren were going to get sacked by like first week in September. Because mm. they, I mean, they shipped seven against West Brom. And he went, oh, no, yeah. we need to come back now strong. And then next game, they got beat 3 0 at home by Bristol City. They were like really bad. And then he won manager of the month for next month. Mm. Flew back up, and now the form seems to have dropped back off again. Uh, I didn't go through everything, but the last four games have always played. For, they've played one up front, mm. so we are likely to be the four-one, four-one. Uh, yeah. I say I went through their squad, and there wasn't much to go on about. Really, I mean, Joe Lumley in goal, Matt Ingram's second choice. I don't really know much about either of them. Matt Ingram's been around a little while. Yeah. Um, that that is. About all I can when say. When I hear Ingram, all I think of is Major Charles. <laughs> when I see Joe Lumley, <laughs> when I see Joe Lumley, I just assume it's some sort of relative of Joanna. But that that is about it. Yeah, uh, Joe Lynch and Tony Leisner at centre back have been getting decent reviews. Uh, they've got Jeff Cameron who at Stoke. He can play in midfield and all across back. Uh, Angel Rangel, who was at Swansea forever, is their right back, and he scored two goals. Like. T- it, I think it was the 2-2 at Stoke. Hmm. As far as I'm aware, Angel Langell scored about five goals in his career and he scored two <laughs> goals in one game. It was a bit like Stephen McPhail at Chelsea. They they got him and traded up for Bassoni. Yeah. Uh, Jake Bidwell at left-back's a decent player. Uh, in midfield, they've, got, they've still got that Pavel Zwolek who scored the goal when Viedval did that weird thing where he came out and it bounced oh. over him. Oh, that was uh, yeah. In the three one, bizarre. <laughs> uh, Massimo Luongo is a decent player. He's a Aussie international, I think. The other ones that have played a lot, a decent number of games this season are Josh Scone and Jordan Cousins, who I don't really know about. No, the just names. No, it's for attacking players that I know a little bit more about. Luke Freeman is a good player. Like he, he came through at Arsenal. He's a good player and he's got some ability. And this Eberechi, I don't know if it's Ease or Eze. Which is a great name for he's a... great name for sub editors everywhere. But he's been like their highest rated player all season. He's he can play wide and he's played as a number ten. He's like twenty years old and he's really highly rated. Apparently he's been their standout the last sort of two months by mm. quite a long way. Yeah. Um so he's someone who will have to do a job on them. And up front they have they've got Idris Asilla who's okay, but Toma Hemed Big Matt Smith and Naki Wells. That's three good strikers in the championship. Yeah, it wasn't until recently I realised Naki Wells had gone there. But I think he went there on deadline day. Because they were in trouble, and I think they signed Tom Hemed from Brighton and Naki Wells in about three hours. I'm surprised QPR haven't just looked around the ground to see if they have any strikers locked away from Harry Redknapp's time there. They probably still have you know someone in a cupboard. Yeah, there'll be someone. There's bound to be. Could have walked through one day as oh we forgot to feed Park Ji Sung he's still here I forgot that he was there yeah <laughs> yeah so 
they normally play one up front. You would think from those options, it'd be Wells. Because mm. he's the one that can, that he's actually got decent mobility and stuff. Like, I actually think the one that'd do best against our current defence is probably Matt Smith. Because it's probably going to be Phillips and Janssen. Are you saying Big Matt Smith is not that mobile? I'm saying that he's not as mobile as Matthew Wells. Because <laughs> if that's what you were saying, you would be correct. <laughs> um, it's. It's a home game against a team we should beat. And it's a Saturday three o'clock. Yeah, since you came back. Two of them in three weeks. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And, yeah, and the Bolton game away is a Saturday three o'clock as well. Yeah. but uh, Wonderful. Other than, obviously, Cooper's going to drop out. Yeah. So it will probably be Phillips and Janssen we're saying. I think so, yeah. I th- uh, Ideally, I'd love just to go back to the, the Phillips click size midfield, but... Yeah. I think realistically he's going to stick with. Do, the, do I think, you think I, then that it's going to be for sure click Saez? Uh, or do you think that there will be some way in which Saez doesn't start again? I. Because he can't pick Baker. Like, you just can't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if Halmer maybe, plays, then it's probably Saez that drops out. Yeah, or, you know, at this point, maybe Shackleton starts. I don't think he would, but. At the same time, it's again. This is this is the game. A, a mid-table team. This is the the game you want to get at them from the off. Have Saez on there. Yeah, and I, the one thing that I heard a I haven't actually listened to the Not the Top Twenty podcast yet this week, which I normally would have done today, but it just I didn't get time. Uh, Pete from for it all together messaged me and said they mentioned. That they'd been hearing whispers that Saez might be going back to Spain in January. Now, I haven't seen any credible news stories about that, but they do work a bit with Sky Sports and stuff like that. Mm. I obviously don't want it to happen, but I'm just wondering, do you reckon that there's any chance that that's true? I mean, I you, you've got to say, if you look through the whole squad, if you were going to say, technically, who is the best player there? It's him and Pablo. Yeah. And he's not playing regularly. In, and again, after, especially after the, the recent run of games where we were fairly abject against West Brom, he came on and set up a goal. We were pretty poor against Bristol City until the red card. He comes on, sets up a goal. And Reading, we were poor. He comes on, and, and we pick up and get a goal. He did make a difference in Reading. Yeah. You know, I, again, I can understand the reasoning not starting him against um, Sheffield United, especially when we went to the 3-4-3. But you know, he's going to get to a point where he's not young either. He's, what, 27, 27, I think. You know, if he's not going to be playing regularly, you wouldn't blame him for wanting to go. Yeah, play, I, to go I somewhere don't else. think it's maybe a wants to, but I could. There's a, been the odd whisper of people saying that he's they think he's had his head turned. The other thing was, I think it was on it was on Talking Shit one the other week where they had Andy Cousins on. Mm. And Andy Cousins works for the club. Yeah, and basically proceeded in burying Samu Sars. Yeah. Like talking about how he don't chase back and stuff, as if he's. I, I'm guessing that he's never Googled in Ganshe. <laughs> <laughs> like, because he just, he just didn't seem to understand his role in the slightest. Mm. Which is weird for someone who played midfield professional. <laughs> but no, it was. Uh, I don't think he is going. But it just. There's been enough whispers for me to bring it up. Mm. And again, th- this could even be. This could even be. Uh, you know, I think soon, as I've said with Alioski, I don't think we're far away from a point where we probably need to rest click for a game or two. No, that, that's the one change I would definitely make. Mm. Whether it's Harrison or Clark, I would definitely drop Alioski out for yeah. this next game. I mean, he clearly he's just, he's not at his best at the moment. He's, yeah, whether it's people who... There's some people who just don't rate him and there's some people who just think he's been shit lately. Mm. But even like the people who think he's a good player, which I actually sort of class myself as. I do think I still think there's a decent player in there. I, I like Alioski. But I he is woefully out of form. Like, mm. He's really out of form and 
it's not doing him any good. I think I think with uh, someone like Alioski as well, you need to you need to go in thinking about him being aware of his limitations. Mm. But uh, even that considered, he has struggled, and you don't get subbed two half times in a row for no reason. No, well, after it was the when he went off against Reading, Bielsa made a point of saying, "I don't think him or Baker played badly." After the Sheffield United game, he said, "It's a long season. You can't not always play well." I would go, which was kind of a nicer way of saying, oh, "Yeah, this time I took him off because he wasn't playing very well." Admittedly, with the Reading game, and I know as a manager, you you protect your players. As a fan, I would go out of my way to say Baker was not playing well. Yeah, <laughs> Alioski was not playing well. Yeah, um, um, well. So we think there might be a couple of changes, but even with Cooper injured, I'm so much more confident in his defence at the minute. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say like, I'm going to say two 0 against. I Kibbe think Jan. like what you uh, what you said about Cooper in the Reading game. I think very similar could be said about Janssen in the Sheffield United yeah, game. The last Those five last... minutes again, he got his head on everything, didn't he? Yeah, and again, that was great again to see him just not marking anyone at set pieces and just running on and attacking every cross that went in and just yeah. getting it away. Um. Phillips just looks very comfortable as a centre back for someone who realistically has played there five, six times in the last five years. Well, even if we say that Bielsa saw it immediately, that means what, July he started training it? Yeah. So, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Maybe he is good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 2 0, I'm going. Uh, the, the way we play against Bristol and Reading is going to bring me down to a 1 0. Right. Uh, and then Bolton away, which uh, again sold out fairly quickly. It's a it's a shame. I would have liked to have managed to get to this, but it just didn't work out timing wise. Uh, they're twenty third, eighteen points from twenty. Twenty third in the home table, sixteenth away. But that eighteen points from twenty, they had ten after four games. Oh, can you remember how they were like third in the league after four games, and everyone was really shocked? Yeah. They've just been... Uh, and, they, and now you can see why everyone was really shocked. Yeah, they. I think that they weren't able to pay their players the last time. Yeah. They're in real trouble. Uh, last five games, lost 2-0 at Villa, won, lost 1-0 at home to Swansea, 1-1 at Millwall, lost 1-0 at Chef Wednesday, 1-1 v Wigan, and there's no wins in the last 10. Uh, they're another one consistently won up front. It's really a nothing squad. Like, they've got some players who are okay... And that's about it, really. How old is Gary O'Neill? 35, 36. Yeah. Like, they, in October, they, after the transfer window had signed, signed a 36-year-old Lloyd Dyer. You know, who'd been released by, like, Burton. And Carl Henry has turned up at Bradford City as well. Yeah, he has. Very old Carl Henry. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, Ben Annick's a decent keeper. Their three highest-rated players on who scored... And Mark Beavers, David Wheato and Jack Hobbs, they're three centre-backs. Jack Hobbs is a boy. Yeah. (laughs) Right out of my FM07 stable. (laughs) Yeah. But, no, he... um, And they normally play four at the back, so one of them probably won't play. (laughs) Makes you think, why did they go five at the back, then? Uh, Pavel Olkowski, right-back, has been getting getting fairly decent reviews. Uh, They've got two ex-Bullar left-backs in Andrew Taylor and Jonathan Grounds, but neither of them do I think are any any good, really. Hmm. Uh, Matt Wilson, who was linked with us after his knee injury, has been playing as a CDM, but he can play at the back as well and at full-back. Joe Williams, who they've got in on loan, has apparently been their best midfielder lately. Uh, Josh Veller is not even in their team anymore. He's dropped at bench. I was going to say, he was quite highly thought of, even just a year or so ago. Yeah, and he's dropped right off. Luke Murphy played in like those first five games where they did all right. Haven't played since. Not even on the bench a lot of the time. Are we saying that From Luke what Murphy I can fell t- out of the team and they've been shit since? Uh, I'm saying that because I like Luke Murphy. <laughs> but what, like, genuinely, as far as I can tell, I, I googled him to see why he hadn't played that much because I thought, oh, maybe he got injured and I missed it. No, there's like local Bolton press and the questions are... They don't seem to understand it either. No. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one. Apparently, this Williams came in and because it was something to do with they only name... One midfield, one centre mid on the bench, and they don't have any homegrown at the club players, and you have to have one in every match day squad. Because mm. we we put Callum Nice on the bench back in the last season for the same reason, didn't we? Oh yeah. 
so because of that, it comes down to Murphy or Vela. Yeah. So they have to pick Vela. So apparently that's been stopping him getting minutes. Uh, up in attacking areas, they have got a couple of better players like Erhun Ostuma scored a shitload for Walsall, and he might be he might be okay at bottom end of championship. Sammy Armia will be played well against us last season. He's always looked half decent at this level. I think since his um, do you have a run with Brighton as well? Sammy Amiobi a few years back. I don't. I remember him being at Newcastle and doing well. I might, I might be mixing it up with Kazengalu Alawar. I think actually. you are. I think you're mixing up your black people. You racist. No, I'm mixing up my uh, siblings of former Newcastle players. <laughs> Yo, so you actually, in a roundabout sense, mixing up Shola Amiobi and Lamano Alawar. Yeah. <laughs> Still racist, but, <laughs> no, but in a different way. No, Sammy Amiel was good against. They've still got Will Buckley, who's shy. Uh, <laughs> I say, dealt I mean, with that one off the bat. Then you've got 36-year-old Lloyd Dyer, who probably still isn't slow, because he was that quick. And last month I signed Stephen Ireland on a free, Jeez. who I don't believe has played yet, but that's a desperation signing. By the way, I'm going to look it up and check. I'm like, how old is Stephen Ireland? Oh, uh, he was because he was released from Stoke last season. I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna say he's only 33. Even younger, he's 32. Oh wow! And he only turned 32 in August. And he's just been picked up, yeah, in the last few weeks by Bolton. Yeah. Wow, that's what happens when you kill your grandparents off. Yeah, just lie. <laughs> Don't want to go play for Ireland. I'm just gonna lie and say my grandma's dead. No, no he, got, he got four goals in six games for the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> and never played again. <laughs> uh, up front, Clayton Donaldson, who I'm still amazed we never signed, just because he just seems like the sort of player we'd have had when we were shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh McGuinness, Northern Ireland forward, who was a goalkeeper at first. Bit like, he's basically Northern Ireland's Lucas Radaby. I've got Yannick Wiltshire on loan from Norwich. Norwich paid £7 million to get him from Wigan, so he does have summer... But I, he's you mean dro- a price tag and not yeah, much else? His form has dropped way off since that. I think it was a fluke season and he timed his move well yeah. to get some money. A Billy, a Billy Painter. One who, he was quite highly rated, but I haven't really seen enough of him to know. Christian Doidge, who's on loan from Forest Green, which is a really weird deal. But it's one of them, it's like Ryan Wood's got a Stoke, it's loan, but the deal's already done for January. They just didn't get it done before the early window fuck the transfer yeah, window yeah with the stupid transfer windows but he got like 49 goals in 87 league games yeah. for Forest Green I think he's, he's one of them that like didn't get into the league system until he was like 24, 25 mm. always worth taking a punt on if you can get him a decent price yeah so he's a shite <laughs> uh, yes yeah, there's no yeah. way around that Bolton I, I work with a Bolton fan he has no hope no. no, none whatsoever. He's under no illusion. He's said the whole time, "No, we're definitely getting relegated." <laughs> we all made peace with it. Let's they gave us four games of hope by starting well, <laughs> but then they've reverted to exactly what they expected. <laughs> I wonder if that's how Newcastle fans feel after that. They had that run of what was it three wins on the bounce, and then just oh, back to losing. Yeah, three nil at home to West Ham. Yeah, uh, I, you know what? Five one. Five one is. I'm, go- I'm going for it. Saeed's hat trick. <laughs> I know it's not worth anything extra, but I'm saying it now. Uh, no, I, I'm even gonna, if he only plays the last twenty, I'm gonna say. I'm, I think I said I said two 0 for the last one. But I'm gonna say two 0 again. I do think I do. If we keep five, if we win five games to nil in a row, <laughs> well, this is it. Like we've got this record. I don't know. like having confidence in us keeping clean sheets. It's I, weird. I know that's that's why I've that's why I'm predicting. As conceding this game, I think four four clean sheets in a row seems reasonable. Five, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the one after that will be when it starts going mental because then we play like what twenty third, twenty sixth, twenty eighth. Everything will be on TV. Yeah, that's when it starts going. But yeah, that's because I suppose. Well, well, we play Villa on the twenty third, don't we? And the day before, that's for Josh Warrington fight. Yes, because as, as we said last time. They made the right decision in moving the game. Yeah, we'll have to sort out all doing that. Yeah, it'll be a nice little uh, team night in. I'll probably be working. 
Yeah, you, you almost <laughs> you almost certainly will. <laughs> I've worked yeah, at a pub now. now. That, yeah, now KC's back is behind a bar, so and it's on a Saturday night, so it will almost certainly be working. Yeah. <laughs> so one one thing I wanted to ask you about because we obviously there wasn't a whole lot of news to cover, and we've kind of stretched out the reviews and previews with all the happening with all the amount of games we've had on on Sky. What are some of your favourite uh, things, favourite memories of Leeds on TV? Favourite Leeds memories that I wasn't at? Uh, the 1-0 away at Lazio. Yeah. It's right up there. Most of that season, in fairness. Like, the thought, the the amazing goal against Anderlecht away. Wouldn't yeah. Be. Just a lovely passing. Yeah. And that chip. The one that, the one that really stood out to me... And I don't know why it's so ingrained in me. Is the end of the yeah the ninety eight ninety nine season is Jimmy Hasselbank's diving header at the back post against Arsenal to stop them winning the league essentially. Well, to give the title to Scum. Yeah. Uh, you see, I that was no, I was at that game. Yeah, I so that I, isn't a TV moment for me. That I don't know why that in particular is there. So I think Ian Hart hit the bar from a penalty as well yeah, in that one. Smashed the bar. And another one that just popped into mind is Stephen Warnock's free kick against Yeovil when it was incredibly windy. I still maintain he meant that. <laughs> said the whole time. <laughs> Aiming towards the corner yeah. flag and then just let the wind take it. I'll say, in terms of biggest Leeds United moments on TV, one of the... F- like, in fact, it was the first thing that came into my head, but Lazio came in straight after it. One of the biggest Leeds United moments I've that sticks after me on TV Leeds weren't even playing David Weatherall's header for Bradford yes. to beat Liverpool <laughs> that got us in the Champions League because we only got a draw against West Ham we were toiling we need, away to a nil nil draw with West Ham we needed the result <laughs> so, so did Bradford <laughs> and that's where everything went wrong um, yeah I, I can Again, one of those where you still hear the commentary of just Martin Tyler shouting, and Weatherall's free. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Martin, the best goalkeeping performance I think I've ever seen. Nigel Martin away at Roma. Roma. That was on Channel 5, probably. Yeah. That will have probably had Jonathan Pierce. It was Jonathan Pierce. Yeah. Because he moved to the big time and went to the BBC. He, he, and I mean, of course, <laughs> Robot Wars. It's still on Robot Wars. <laughs> I like, he's one of my favourite commentators is Jonathan Pierce, and I, I, I just I still have in my head the the way he just the slightly different way he said the Italian players' names. He just said them a little bit slower for emphasis, and it's made its way through to Totti. <laughs> but it was just and I remember, you know one of the things I've said before I've watched just all the season reviews so many times I had them all on video as a kid. And when it comes to that game, it is just wave after wave of attack, and you just see Harlan, Radaby, just anyone just diving into tackles, not making them. <laughs> or they'd make the tackle and then it just fall, you know, oh, it's got to candle you know, candle or you know, just another quality like Cafu's pushing forward. Yeah, you know, just these world stars that for some reason are in the UEFA Cup instead of the Champions League. And Martin just making a stupid amount of great saves and just diving on everything. And then I actually went to the, the second leg of that game. Yeah. With the scumbag scoring that goal. I'm still not entirely sure how it got palmed onto the crossbar and in. Yeah, it was a weird point. piece of goalkeeping that. But that was as 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 cup ties go over two legs, that's about as dramatic as you're gonna yeah, get. It was, for one that was one nil over two legs. Mm. It was <laughs> Because I, I, I don't think, I'd, if I live to 100, I doubt I will see Leeds get battered that much and not concede. Yeah. <laughs> as that first game. Yeah, I can, I, I've only had one more but jump into my head. Uh, Radaby's over a kick when he fell on his ass. <laughs> I just... Was that... Uh, was that Partizan Belgrade? Partizan Belgrade. Which at, wasn't away, it was neutral, wasn't it? Was it was at Hiranveen. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, Belgrade, not a great place to be at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, because the goalkeeper had a nightmare in that one because I think Boyer scored when it went pretty much straight to the keeper and he just kind of flapped it in. Mm. Um, I loved that UEFA Cup run. Yeah. That was because before that we'd had 
Um, we, the season before, I think we'd had the run where we beat Maritimo and then we went, Ro- we went out to Roma. Yeah, went out to Roma. Where they beat us at their place. Yeah. And we actually played way... We, we had chances and hit the post and... <laughs> yeah, we, and... Was that run that was it took in Spartak Moscow, Roma, Partizan Belgrade, Locomotive Loc- Moscow as well? Yeah, weren't Locomotive and Spartak in back to back rounds because weren't all the lead players really pissed off? Because yeah, I think so. like, yes, we we're away from Moscow. <laughs> the bizarre thing from that run that I really remember is just this, the story that David Hopkin had lost a tooth biting into a bread roll on the plane back from one of the games, and I don't know why I remember that, but it's in there, yeah. and I'll never forget that. Well, it, because you've brought up that you have covered, unfortunately, it's going to end on a somber note, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because there's no way around it. Obviously, because that was... The ending of that is one of the worst things that's happened involving Leeds United in our lifetime. Yeah. So, I guess, although it's a very sad way to end, I won't even do any plugs, because it's a bit tacky. Uh, I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Uh, rest in peace, Chris and Kev. <laughs> <laughs>